Hello and welcome to the Hole in My Heart podcast. This is episode 59, a tiny living act of obedience. Yeah, did you hear the brackets in there around living? I tried to bracket that. Yeah, I heard it. Uh, Hello and welcome. I am your host, Lori Krieg, and I'm here with licensed therapist and Argyle expert, my husband, Matt Krieg. Hello, I was getting excited that someone else might be like in my vein of thought. Wait, what? I just, it threw me off the introduction. I was like, wait, there's another one here? Oh, you thought I was going to introduce a different Argyle expert? (laughs) 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 All right, here we go. (laughs) Well, I'm going to keep up with the intro. Whoa. Okay, and radio voice and classic dad. I'm I'm winking at your wife from last pod. Oh, yes. She called you the classic, classic. Okay, so radio voice and classic dad and our producer, producer Steve. Hello. Hello. That was my attempt at a classic hello. That was I great. Yeah. I think you need to keep that one and just keep digging into it. Okay. <laughs> well, we're coming at you all the way from Grand Rapids, Michigan, but we have someone from the other side of the country with us today from Lodi, California, my tiny home dweller and dear friend, Ashley Auerbach. Welcome, Ashley. Hello. I'm so glad to have you here. Uh, Ashley and I knew each other and Matt, she knows Matt very well. We know their family very well. Um, we've known each other for the last six years and her family and her parents and her grandma were part of our precious community when we lived in California and they are the OG Famden friends. <laughs> yeah. Wow. They like introduced us to the concept, essentially a family dinner, which was like weekly consistent good food and just bordering on chaos, kind of. <laughs> what do you think oh, about definitely. that? Yeah. There was kids everywhere and toddlers and messy food. I refer to it as the family melting pot. Yes. If you were in the neighborhood or anywhere near and didn't have a place to eat, you were like invited in. Come eat with us. Yes. Oh, man. Well, speaking of the neighborhood, I'm not going to segue to Mr. Rogers, which I could. But actually, you're uh, you're talking just before we started recording, Ashley, just about the fires that are around you. And those of us in Michigan, man, we just keep following what's happening in California and our hearts and our prayers are with you guys. Um, Like, how's it going with all the smoke and the fires that are happening? Yeah, I mean, it's tragic. It's um, it seems to be the norm. I my husband and I were talking about how this is the norm for my kids is that Mm -hmm. I can say, hey, guys, you can't play outside. And they say, oh, is there a fire? Yes. And and we stop and we pray for them. And then my kid's school is actually collecting uh, blankets and jackets um, to send up to um, Paradise and to send down to Thousand Oaks. But it's tragic. Every square inch is covered in smoke and it's Mm. hazy and it's awful to breathe and burns your eyes. And we're far away from it. So I can't imagine when it's like closer. Wow. Wow. Oh yeah. Well, we, we said a prayer before doing this podcast and we will continue to do that and support any way that we Mm. can. So thanks for sharing that, Ashley. Um, but Ashley, you're like, you, you tell me, you're like, Lori, you're super famous now. I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I hang out with people who write amazing books and are super famous like yourself. Like you did a reality show recently and like you're this RV Instagram life, uh, which we're going to get into that a little bit. But is your show out? Did that come out yet? No, it is not out. Okay. This is totally like if you could see me now, I'd be like all embarrassed and red cheeked. Um, <laughs> because Sorry. I do think you're famous. But, um, eh. 
the the famous that I get is I have people walk up to me. I just had this happen the other day and someone knocked on my car window and said, hi, I don't normally do this, but I know you from Instagram. Oh, <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, hi, thanks for reaching out. So, uh, it's so yeah. sweet. I know. So, uh, no, we, we filmed a TV show. They wanted to know about our tiny living um, life. And so it will be out soon. And I will send you the, the information when it comes out. But That's we have no idea what we said. We hope that we were edited well and we seem not Preach. crazy that's what, that's what our goal is i know a little dose of crazy but maybe not the full force that's that's what right. i tell no Steve one every needs week. to see that except those close friends yeah that's right <laughs> Oh, man. Okay. Well, I will uh, link y'all to um, to Ashley's Instagram and all those things. Um, but yeah, we're so glad to have you here and talk about some of your tiny RV living and really just this whole idea of obedience, which I learned so much from you, Ashley, and I'm excited to get into it, including starting off with our question of the week, which I asked you all on Facebook, and I loved seeing the responses. Uh, what does it mean to obey God? And what do we do with our emotions when we don't want to do it? Mm. <laughs> you know? So, um, Ashley, I'd love to start with you. Just how do you process that? Wait, before I ask you, one of my favorite Ashley stories is when you were like talking with some of your friends and like how they repeat you. And they're like, well, you got to just obey God. And they're, they're not even believers, but they know that that's an Ashley saying is you got to be obedient. I just I love it. So totally. Yeah. I'm hardcore on obedience. I I'm into taking personality tests these days, all spurred on from you, Lori. Oh, <laughs> so can't help it. Obedience is a high, I have a high value system when it comes to that. So mm -hmm. I like order in my home and we are silly, but obedience to me always is aggressive. Mm. I um, tend to be the person that has to learn from my mistakes. I can't observe in the backgrounds and say, oh, I definitely am not going to do that. Right. I have to learn it. And so that's kind of how God and I have always just done our relationship is I have to step out in acts of faith or obedience. So for me, um, if it's like, you know, God's asking me to take a risk, a mm -hmm. risk meaning put myself out there and be vulnerable or share some personal information, which isn't the norm. Um, I usually freak out, yeah. <laughs> freak out and just say no. Yeah. Usually if it's, if it's my idea, I say yes. If it's God's idea, I immediately say no because <laughs> I like comfortable, safe environments mm -hmm. and God usually asks me to be uncomfortable and vulnerable, mm -hmm. and those things real freak me out. So for me, how do I—I I, I can't even make a decision on moving forward unless I identify what I'm battling. Hmm. So for me, it's identifying my fears, doubts, concerns, all of the things. I have to, like, name them. I have to name them out loud. I have to, like, talk it through, and I have to mm. reflect in my journal, and I have to work through, like, worst-case scenario— Worst case scenario, if I walk up to this person and and I share my heart and they reject me, well, then they reject me. Yeah. And okay, that's not that bad, you know? So I kind of like have to play out scenarios mm. and name what I'm battling. And then I have to like immediately go to God's word and replace that with his truth yeah. of um, his armor and his fearlessness and his boldness to mm -hmm. speak truth and love and to come into potentially hostile situations, yeah. um, and, and be a friend. 
but oh. still speak love. So for me, that's how I identify it. And then I can actually act yeah. to identify the fears. <laughs> so it sounds like you discern, okay, I think that's God's voice. And then you wrestle through all the feels and then you circle back with yourself and the word in your lap, uh, so to speak. And yeah. just like, okay, I'm getting on board, gosh, but you have to wrestle through it. I do. I have to wrestle through it. And I've always kind of made the agreement. I don't want to be they, they say, like, either you walk through the fire, or you get drugged through the fire. I don't want to be drugged through the fire. Yeah. I want to walk yeah. through. I want to be different on the other side of even a simple act of obedience. Yeah. Um, so that I have to name what I'm battling first yeah. so I can have the courage to kind of walk through willingly. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, I, I always remember that quote from you, Ashley, that I would yeah. rather... Mm walk obediently behind God rather than him dragging me, kicking and screaming through whatever I'm going to be going through. Yeah, that's it. How about you, Matt? Well, yes. I, I really resonated with um, the Facebook comment by Kristen with a Y. She said, I think of obedience as closely aligned with faithfulness, being open to what Jesus wants to say more than what I want to hear, and then choosing to walk in that, acknowledging that to obey is better than sacrifice. Hmm but also that obedience usually requires sacrifice, letting myself feel the feelings, fear, anxiety, conviction, and what have you, but acknowledging that I wasn't promised easy. I was promised a trustworthy God who stays with me in both the emotions and the obedience. And, and that actually reminded me of, well, that was very similar to what I was feeling. And, and one of the places that comes from in, in my life is um, a book by Milton Vincent called A Gospel Primer. And it's basically this, what would happen in our lives as Christians if we actively spoke the gospel over ourselves rather than just thinking it as like a, you know, an evangelizing tool. And, and one of them, it's number six out of like 30 that he lists. And one of the things that would happen is he calls it a cure for distrust and, and just goes into this idea that anytime we are disobedient or, or acting out in, in a sinful way, it's because we don't actually trust that, the heart, the same heart of God that died on the cross for us is, is the same heart that's behind whatever, um, you know, directive that he's giving us at that time. Mm. And so I, I guess for me, the, the, the whole, you know, how do you obey God? Well, you, you have to know that he's trustworthy and you have to know that he's, mm. he's someone that ultimately has that same heart of he's willing to go to the cross for us, mm -hmm. even in the midst of him telling you, hey, pick up your family and, you know, do some crazy thing or just take the vulnerable step of going and talking to this person that you don't know very well. Mm. It's the same heart that's asking you, that's like hugging you, that's mm -hmm. also pushing you. Yeah. Steve? Yeah. Uh, well, I appreciate what Candy said uh, again on, on, on your Facebook question. Uh, she said, it means trusting that he's good. It also means realizing that I can't obey without him. Hmm. He obeyed dying and rising again so that I could be free to obey through the power of his spirit. Mm -hmm. um, and it gets to a lot of what you just said, Matt, and this is just something I'm kind of really beginning to wrestle with. You know, I read the cost of discipleship by Bonhoeffer yeah. earlier this year, and it just feels so daunting, but just like having that reminder that he's given us his spirit mm -hmm. and really like Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Without faith, it's impossible to obey. Yeah. But I'm putting my faith in this God who lives in me and is living the life of Christ through me. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that sort of takes the pressure off a little bit, yeah. but it's something I do have to sort of maintain like a conscious awareness of. It's 
like I was saying to a friend today, I was like, man, you can do anything if you know God's with you. Yeah. And so what you're saying is like, oh, oh it's not all me. It's not that he just throws the cross on your back and mm. is like, walk by yourself, baby. Right. He's like right underneath there with you. Not sure why I said bebe, but I did. And here we are. That's cool. Now. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> All right. Speaking of bebe, but not really, uh, Bob, just regular old Bob, B O B. Okay. I liked what he said. Uh, wrestle, limp, repeat, hashtag Jacob. I was like, yes. So yeah. referring to Jacob from the Bible, who was like, oh, God. And then he limped after wrestling with God. And then, which is kind of like what we do. We just limp through, okay, this obedience thing. We don't nail it. It's not like once we finally get our heads on straight that we're going to obey him and it's not going to be an issue. So I like that. And then repeat, because it's not a one-time thing. Mm. Like, well, you did your you did your trial. <laughs> the, you passed the test. Ticket to heaven. <laughs> um, I resonate with that because I was, oh, yay, last night doing several mm. pages of journaling and just uh, wrestling with God over some things. And it's it's the only way I know how to do this life is like being completely honest with him. And I he models that like Jesus models that in Gethsemane. David models that we love focusing on David's heroic victories. But dang, those Psalms, he went crazy and talked about his emotions. And that's the same man who is a man after God's own heart. So I appreciate that. And then I finally once my heart gets in line, then I'm like, OK, I can do this, God, but not without you. Good question. Good question. Yeah. All right. It's time for Newport Island. And the vehicle we are taking this is going to throw back to a few weeks ago where I did like the giant's hand and then I did some a high five. And then I said, if we ever do this game again, we'll take a fifth wheel. We're not doing that game again, but we are taking a fifth wheel. So here it is. And it was a beautiful fifth wheel, not unlike the one that Ashley and her family of six live in. Right, Ash? <laughs> right. And how many uh, square feet is it? It's about 350 square feet. And we have six of us plus a one-eyed cat named Sirius Black. Sirius Black. <laughs> hey mm. All you Harry Potter fans. He's not <laughs> named Mad-Eye Moody? <laughs> no, mm. and not named Professor McGonagall. Oh, yeah, which would be the cat. Yeah, okay, okay, okay it took turn, me a I was like, wait, she didn't only have oh, one man, eye. God, that took you guys way too long. Yeah. Way too long. Wow, we are out of practice with the Harry Potter. I was just trying to think of the word animagus, and I was just... Oh, that's yes. where you got lost. You were <laughs> yes. ahead of us, actually. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, and the game we're playing is Solve It! Exclamation point, Tiny Home Edition. Again, like last week. Is there another edition of this game? No, but it sounded good for the title. Okay, so we're going to pretend Matt and I transition from our home that is not 350 square feet uh, on wheels, but we're going to transition from our home to an RV. So, Ashley, we are looking to you, the expert, to help solve our tiny living problems both while we are parked somewhere, because I know that there's things when I came and visited you and I took a picture with you that I posted a while back. Uh, I remember you being like, oh, so when we move, you have to like put all this stuff away. And that kind of like blew my mind. I was like, oh, yeah, things move in motion. So that's my brilliant mm -hmm. thought of the day. Key thought of the day. Things move in motion. <laughs> so here's my first problem, Ash. My kids love to eat a smorgasbord of snacks all the time. 
such as salsa and chips and zebra cakes and Tootsie Rolls and what else? What can I say? Che- all sorts of cheeses. Fruit, fruit snacks. Fruits. Yeah, mostly fruit snacks. <laughs> I mean, it's mostly fr- <laughs> And so does my husband, but I don't have all the space. What am I supposed to do, Ashley, both while we are parked and when we are in motion? So this actually happens to us a lot, as oh. you can imagine, with four kids. Yes. Um, so we usually go to Costco, um, and I have while we were traveling, not been able to find ample storage with Costco size oh, items. Yeah, right. So I put them in the shower oh. while we're traveling and then we can pull them out and basically a Costco boss of like pirate booty that has like 32 oh, yeah. in it yeah. will be gone within like a couple of days. So totally. I don't have to worry about that. Wait, do you have yeah. to like tie it so, down like in the shower? Or is it just going to stay in there? No, so we have a tub. Oh, okay. so I fill the tub. Like some people fill it with like all of their house plants. Like, yeah. no, I don't have time for that. I fill it with snacks. Oh, like, totally. Those are what's going to keep us alive. And the shower is for our RV is the only space you can access while traveling. Oh, so if we want to get snacks, we can access them. We can access our small pantry as well as if I store stuff in the bathroom. So, so it's you, a you just win-win. Tell them, you just tell them to go to the snack tub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just say pull over, potty break, don't forget your snacks. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, I love this. This is breaking down everything I know about anything. Okay. I also love a lot of knickknacks around my house. I go to Target and I just kind of like go to a shelf and I take my whole arm and I put it in a basket. Just just kidding. I don't really do that, but I'm pretending I do because I so heart Target hard. So what do I do, Ashley? I love my knickknacks. Well, you're going to have to invest in that foam double-sided stick tape, (gasps) and you're going to have to adhere all your knickknacks, and that will save you time. Not money, but it will save you time. Why foam? Well, you know, it like regular double stick tape doesn't work at all. Oh. So because an RV, there's the heat fluctuates so dramatically oh. between hot and cold. So the foam is the like buffer all yeah. like it's like the gobstopper, you know, the <laughs> lasting tape, the most lasting tape you can ever invest in is this foam tape. I don't even oh, know. I love it. it. Cha- it'll change your life. Okay. Yeah. Okay. My kids also love to jump on a trampoline and I do too. So where are we going to fit the tramp stamp? Not just saying, no, just kidding. What's tramp? Well, you're not going to fit a trampoline, but an RV is very similar to a trampoline. If Adam and I are sleeping and the kids are having a dance party, (laughs) it it feels like we are literally on a trampoline and at any moment could roll away from our precarious location. (laughs) Has that ever happened? Um, we have knocked the chocks out a couple times, okay. so we've had to get extra levels of support. The chocks? How do you spell that? It's chocks. It's like a triangle wedge that goes in oh. front and behind a tire. Okay. See, yeah. learning things. Okay, so me and my husband, next problem, we got two more. Me and my husband love to play Cones of Dunshire. It is a very specific and integrated and gigantic game involving cones and Dunshire. (laughs) It's from Parks and Rec. And that's all I know about it. Except Matt maybe wants to explain more. Go ahead, honey. Go kill him. Get it, baby. I know. I think you did a great job, but I'm pretty (laughs) sure this game is not actually in production, right? 
No, I'm just being silly. Okay. So Play with f- me. Fictional, yes. it's a fictional <laughs> game. But I know in the in Parks and Rec, I mean, it takes up like a whole conference table. Yeah, I so mean, it's big. We need a conference table. What are we gonna do, Ash? Solve it. Oh, Dine okay. So we currently have this situation in our RV right now. What you're playing we cones of Dunshire? No, no, no. But <laughs> I don't know what that game is. But we were given a train set, and it is. <gasps> enormous and it's like got 17 different tracks and i love train sets so we have set it all up and no one can walk anywhere everyone has to tiptoe around it (laughs) and if it breaks everyone immediately stops and goes to repair it but it probably breaks like every five minutes because (laughs) it's there's only so many walking paths and the train has become such a pivotal family entertainment at this moment. So last night and the kids went to bed, Adam and I made the train go all sorts of different crazy places, but Aww. you really can't walk anywhere. And so the only person that can navigate is the cat. <gasps> I was going to so say, that's what is I would recommend. Tripping? Okay. Okay. So we'll just play everywhere. Okay. This yeah, is play everywhere. You just have to own it. You have to know that you're not going to walk anywhere and you're going to knock stuff down all the time. But if you get that you know, sticky double-sided tape, yeah. you might be able to stick the cones You will down. never be able to not play going with Dunshire. <laughs> this is your whole life now. Okay. Exactly. So my kids, I get them whatever they want. Not true. But I am going to for Christmas. No, I'm not. I'm going to get them those huge, don't insert a bad word, huge Costco bears from Costco that's redundant. But you know the huge bears that are in Costco? They're like $10 and it's mm-hmm. as like big, as, big as, as a couch. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to get mm-hmm. them each one. What am I going to do? How do I travel and how do I live? This is not an exaggeration. I was driving when we first got the RV and we were driving behind someone. Behind the RV, you tend to have a ladder oh. that, that allows you to climb um, up onto the roof and check things and inspect things. So it goes from your bumper, the back of your bumper, all the way up to the roof. And we were driving and we literally saw someone with a giant bear, <gasps> like, um, what are those elastic, what am I, bungee cord. Oh. It was oh, bungee yeah. corded to the ladder and they were <laughs> driving down the highway. And I thought, you know what? That's how you don't say no right there. You just own it. <laughs> That's what we'll do. Oh, my word. All right, Matt. It, she answered all of our questions. We're ready to do it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks, Ashley. We're playing our game. And now we're going to move into the heart of the matter. All right, Ashley, the reason that we do this podcast is to talk about how the gospel is good news for everybody every day. And what's the gospel? The gospel is I am more sinful than I believe and more loved than I can imagine. And so, Ashley, we ask every guest uh, who comes on here just when was the gospel first good news, since that's a translation of gospel? When was it first good news for you and how is it still? Mm, This is a good question. Um, I became a Christian. I was raised in a um, Christian home and in a small town, and I became a Christian when I was five. Mm. But I was the kind of kid that was like, oh, we're getting baptized. Let's do it. Let's have everyone do it. Yay. <laughs> Ashley, are you a seven? So, Enneagram seven? What are you? <laughs> or are you an eight? Eight, um, seven? I'm you know, an eight. eight. I'm an eight. With a seven wing. I am an okay, eight with a seven wing. That's what mm-hmm. I was thought. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. So it's like, everyone come along, do it. It's going to be fun. But for me, it was never 
an active relationship. I don't think I even really knew what that meant. You know, you went to church camp, you rededicated your life every time you went. Mm -hmm. And it was just kind of like going with the motions. It wasn't like an actual emotional relationship. And um, until I was in college, I went through some rebellious years where I just wanted to do anything that I could get my hands on. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and I was literally in the middle of my second year at college. And it's like, I had, I don't think it was a dream. I think it was literally just like an epiphany, like of God. It was the first time I had like audibly heard him. Like, and he just showed me like this path will lead to death. Mm. This path you're on. Mm. And it scared me because mm. I was having so much fun that I couldn't imagine that the that where I was headed was going to lead to death. Mm. And so I literally stopped and pivoted. Mm. And I went to my parents and I was like, the path I'm on is going to lead to death. <laughs> and they were like, hallelujah. Yeah, we can tell. <laughs> oh. And um, I packed my bags. Literally, I was like, I'm the type of person like get up and go. I packed my bags and I moved to LA. Um, and that's where I met my husband. And that was the beginning of the journey of actually wanting to know who is this God? Mm. Is he real? Does he care? Can he handle who I am, all my opinions, that I get angry, mm. that I swear, you know, can he do me? Can he do me? Or do mm. I have to fit into this perfect mold um, that I was taught by my, um, it wasn't really my parents. They never did that, but it was like what I absorbed from going to church was that you don't air dirty laundry. You have to, you know, have it together. Don't show up to church a mess, you know? So even though my parents were very, very raw and authentic and vulnerable, I didn't receive that from when we went out into our church. So it was literally the beginning of I said, God, I don't want to get you when, when I'm in my 40s. I want to get you now. Hmm. And I have regretted that statement <laughs> ever since. <laughs> Why is that? Um, because it has been a battle. And God has kept that promise between me and him. And we have battled it out. He hmm. has... Um, allowed challenges to come in my life. And, um, and one of the most pivotal moments is when I lost my second child, uh, I had a son and I lost him during pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And it was that moment that I just was like, this is ridiculous. I had spent the past five years building up my relationship with God and mm. you are the God of the universe. You have the power to intervene and save my son mm. and you chose not to. And yet you're still good. I couldn't put those puzzle pieces together. I right. couldn't mm -hmm. figure it out. So I went on a long journey trying to figure that out. Mm. And um, the catalyst is that I got pregnant again um, on accident um, with my daughter. Mm. And I knew that I needed to get my life right with God. I needed to find peace and harmony because I was sure that if I had my daughter, that she would literally come out of the womb angry. It's like <laughs> I had had this like inclination that she was going to be angry if I stayed angry at him, if I just mm. held on to that. 
And so her middle name is Joy for that very reason. Mm. Because from from the moment I knew that I was having a girl, I was determined to um, study and research and get to know and be sure. I wanted my foundation and my roots to go so deep that I would not be shaken again by anything. Mm. And I just asked God to show up in my life. And he did. Mm. And he taught me um, who he was through his word. And he taught me how to be kind and compassionate and speak truth and, and how to not play small, um, but to, to own who he has created me to be and the gifts that he has given me. And it literally is an ongoing journey. There is not um, a moment where I am not re, I always say I'm in the tornado. I'm not revisiting new issues. I'm dealing with the same issues and I'm just going to a deeper level of understanding um, with God. And um, that is kind of where it's tangible for me now and where it's real and it's a relationship and it's not, um, I'm not forced to do it. Mm -hmm. And um, I choose every day to ask him to show up in my life. Yeah. When, when I'm in pain and when I'm happy and when I'm confused, and he does. So good, Ashley. And what I'm hearing is really kind of a continuation of our question of the week of like wrestling through obedience and then wrestling mm-hmm. through your own emotions and then surrender really is what it is. So Ashley, continuing that same theme, I know when we move back to, back to Michigan. <laughs> oh, to the Meyer. Go to Meyer. You love it when we talk about Meyer, the grocery store. <laughs> what are you always like? Gonna get some Meyer lemons at Meyer. I'm gonna get some lemons from Meyer. Oh, it's gonna be so fun. <laughs> When Ashley came to visit right after we moved back, she was like, oh, you guys think you're so nice out here in the Midwest. She's like, I'm going to be nicer than everyone. It's like everyone are walking past. She's like, hello, how are you? Hi, how are you? Like to everyone. It was Literally, so I beat I beat Michigan. Yeah. There was not a person that beat me to say hello first. It is true. You're right, guys. <laughs> the Californian won Michigan. Okay, so speaking of that, um, soon after we moved back, a couple few years ago, you got this vision for what God wanted for your family. And at the same time, Adam, your husband, got a similar vision. Can you talk about that and what it led to, which is likely this tiny living you're doing? Yes. It was about two years into us living at a rental. And um, I had been going through some severe health issues, joint issues, um, and basically been forced to be in semi bed rest. I mean, I just couldn't get out of bed. I was everything in my body hurt and I was mm-hmm. reevaluating everything in my life. Yeah. And I saw a YouTube video of this cute family of nine that moved into an RV. And I thought that is so nice for them. <laughs> Never going to do that. Never going to do that. Mm-mm, that is crazy. Literally. I couldn't shake the idea. So I'm sitting in bed and my boys are sitting with me and we're watching this YouTube video of this family traveling everywhere in their RV. (laughs) And um, they're like, yeah, let's do it. And I'm like, no way. There's no way we're going to do it. Mm -mm." So I put them to bed and I just, I just couldn't shake the idea. So I was literally just like, I just sat on, on the bed and I said, God, if you want me to do this, you have to confirm this with Adam Hmm. because my husband is stable 
and loves comfort and <laughs> loves routine. And this is so far out of everything he loves that it has to be you. Hmm. So he came home and I walked in and I said, okay, so I have something to tell you. And he goes, does it have to do with adventure? Hmm. And I was like, what? He goes, <laughs> God told me today that you were going to tell me something that had to do with adventure hmm. and that I was supposed to say yes. Aww. And I'm like, well, do you want to move into an RV <laughs> and travel? <laughs> I'm guessing his and eyes like, like fell out of his head. What? What does that mean? He literally didn't even know. He had no context for what that sentence meant. Yeah. And so I showed him this video and we literally just sat down and we just started praying like, this is crazy. We were um, had to make a decision if we were going to renew our um, our rental agreement. Um, they wanted to come into like a two year rental agreement and it just we weren't getting peace about it. So it was literally in the middle of this. Hmm. So we prayed for like seven days and we told close friends um, and we just felt 100 percent peace about it. Hmm. So in we gave our notice and then and now mind you we have never been in an RV. <laughs> we have never driven an RV or a fifth wheel. I should classify we are in yeah. a fifth wheel. Yeah. Um and we had never been in one, driven one. My husband owned a motorcycle. <laughs> we didn't even have a vehicle to tow an RV and we knew nothing about it. Absolutely nothing. And so after the 7 days of praying, we just like jumped in. Mm. full force. We sold everything we owned. We sold probably about 90% of what we owned in about two weeks. Mm. And, um, we bought a truck. I'm oh, sorry. We bought an RV and then we bought a truck. And by the end of the 30 days, we had moved out, we got an itty bitty little storage unit to keep all of our keepsakes. Um, mm. because we didn't know what we were going to do and we hit the road. <laughs> so, Okay, speaking of, you know, the, the whole question of the week, what'd you do with your emotions? Like, because you just said you you prayed about it. But like, Ashley, when when I when we were living out there and like doing the family dinner community life with you, like you were looking at big, beautiful houses and you want to be able to like share your home. Like this was not like your dream for your life. Like, how did you wrestle through that? I think I was in the place in life that because when I had first gotten sick and gotten all this joint pain, I had literally asked God, is this you? Hmm. And I heard him say, yes. Hmm. And so I made the agreement to get on board with whatever he was doing. Hmm. Um, and so I had spent about three months um, on and off in bed um, in like bed rest. And I had two young twin toddlers at the time. And so it was, it was difficult. And I was at a place where I was willing to say yes to anything. Mm. It's like he had taught me in those three months um, of journaling and writing and studying his word that I was, I was becoming so okay with letting go of all my hopes and my dreams and my aspirations. And I was like, God, I will do whatever you ask me to do. Just open the door. Hmm. Because we had looked at all sorts of houses and made all sorts of offers and nothing was panning out. Yeah. Um, for years, we had tried to buy a, a big country house because I wanted the American dream. Right. Um, and so he, he allowed these circumstances of my health to fail, I believe, so that I would come to the place to say yes wow. to the more that he had me for me Did and my help? family. Did it help your health then? Like, what happened? 100%. What? Within like... 
Yeah, because I was cleaning. It was a two-story house, and I was cleaning, and I have a deep, deep perfectionist, have a perfect home um, identity wrapped in my home. So my mm-hmm. home was perfect all the time, but I was sick. So I would spend so many hours that I honestly didn't have to spend right. cleaning and perfecting and entertaining. And and my life didn't stop even though I got sick. Mm. And um, and God was like, no, this is not healthy. Mm. It wasn't healthy for me. So I had to deal in, in the moment that we had decided. It's like he just started cracking my identity open. Mm. And I had to deal with I had 17 bins of Christmas decor and it was almost like I was disgusted with myself. Wow. Like I had built this house and I had collected, you know, 13 casserole dishes. Right. I mean, why the heck did I need 13 casserole dishes? Right. You know, and so I had stored up this home and it reflected my identity. And so when I started selling it, I literally started feeling layers like strip away from me and I started feeling peace Mm. like all the things that I thought I needed to bring me peace were the exact opposite so letting them go brought me more peace which gave me courage to take the next step wow dang Ashley let's see this we were talking about this earlier today I'm like another HMH podcast moment we need to have a worship (laughs) break like a worship song we're like okay we're just gonna praise God for like what he does and what we're learning right now okay that was the moment (laughs) but Ashley a question I have for you which is a big one and you're alluding to this and how did it change you but how how did this maybe if you want to add into that how to change you but how did it change your marriage and your kids and like your friendship and your faith so huge question but like how did it affect I guess you can start with maybe your marriage and your kids it affected all areas of my life. And I think that it might have affected me more aggressively because my identity was so wrapped up in who I was and what I owned Wow! that shredding it. I mean, our first night we, it took us about an hour to back into a spot, Hmm. which means to reverse the RV into a parking spot. Yeah. And Adam had to go to work. Um, he was doing a late job and and he's a I vice principal lost. of a school, by the way, guys. He's not like just yeah. random handyman that like goes around towns. <laughs> like he's like a yeah. stable job anyway. But you said yes, you, people say all the time, oh, you have a real job. I'm like, yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like it, anyway, it's just you guys are doing it. OK, but you said you lost what? Go ahead. I lost the cat. Oh, um, no. The cat got Shamus. stuck in under the bed. No. Serious. And Seamus is your son. Yeah, Sorry. Serious. Seamus is my son. Okay. Yeah. And I flooded the RV. Um, and I wanted to take a shower, but I forgot that we had to turn on the heat. Oh no. So I was literally standing in a cold shower. Like my cat is still lost. There's water pouring out <laughs> the RV, <laughs> uh, like drying out, and I was literally just like I broke. I'm like, oh. this is so hard. Oh. Why did you ask me to do this? Yeah. I don't know anything. Mm. And it was like, God said, you don't have to know the end. Just take the next step. Mm. And so I got out of the cold shower <laughs> and I literally ripped off the panel that housed 
the mechanism for underneath the bed and I saved <laughs> the cat. The kids helped me. We got a broom and mopped and we cleaned everything. And luckily there was there were people nearby and they helped me figure out how to not flood the RV again. I only did it a couple more times after that. So <laughs> I, got, I got it now. <laughs> so everything, it aggressively attacked everything. Mm. Um, my marriage um, has taken a huge hit in mm. the positive mm. and um, but the, the the negative hit first right right you can't like when you get in a fight and you're like I'm gonna go get some air or yeah. I'm gonna go sleep in the other bedroom like we have one bedroom door in our RV yeah so <laughs> and when the kids are asleep they sleep in the main living area so we literally have a little bathroom in our bedroom and that's it mm. so everything becomes like an SOS sponge it kind of like aggravates and mm, rubs mm. until you deal with it. So we had to be so aggressive with how we were feeling and to identify how we were feeling. Um, and little marriage issues became, okay, mom and dad are going to go step into the bedroom. <laughs> don't open this one single door that we have. We don't have a lock on it, but we're telling you we're going in a timeout because we're going to deal with it. So yeah. my kids are very aware when Adam and I have to take space to talk it out right. and they come out and they're like, they're like, it's okay, mom and dad, everyone makes mistakes. You guys Aww. will figure it out. <laughs> so they're watching like, healthy conflict. Yeah. They're, they're seeing you like work through it. You can't just be like mm -hmm. stony cold and go like have this quiet atmosphere. You have to work through it. Wow. Right. Right. And then for my kids, it has improved dramatically before when you're, we were in a, a three bedroom house, two story, and the kids could be playing in other rooms and getting into fights and, and doing all sorts of stuff that I didn't have eyes on. So now that we're literally all in the same space, when they start to communicate with each other and someone does something to hurt someone, I can immediately, because I'm standing right there in the kitchen say, Hey, why don't you use your words? Yeah. So I can, we have avoided so much conflict in our home wow. with the four kids who are all very, very different yeah. and all have very opinionated ideas. Where do they um, get that from, Ashley? I don't know. <laughs> I always say it's from their father. He's so aggressive. So, <laughs> so those kids have learned how to really do aggressive conflict management skills. Right. And we do things where like they get home and if we've had a, a bad day or if they've had a bad day at school or anything's happened, we just get out our journals. Mm -hmm. um, I learned the art of reflecting and journaling um, by living in an RV. It got mm -hmm. so aggressive because I needed an outlet, but it's not like I could go anywhere. Right. And I couldn't say, like, go upstairs and play so I can have some peace and quiet. So I literally had to make the peace and quiet. Hmm. So we have these down times where I light candles and we get out blankets and everyone can choose to read or write. Hmm. And I'll give them prompts. Um, how are you feeling? We do a lot of like around the table. What was a good part of your day? You know, um, what was a sad part of your day? Did anything make you sad or uncomfortable or embarrassed? I want them to be able to name their emotions. And I used to be afraid of that. I used to be afraid of, well, I don't want them to dwell on the negative things, right. but actually naming how they feel has allowed my kids to solve their own problems. Mm -hmm. I just have to listen. I yeah. rarely have to 
interjecting. And honestly, they're way more mature than I am because like if my daughter tells me so-and-so is mean, I'm like, punch her in the face. I mean, no, don't do that. Don't do that. And so my daughter is able to say, mom, I know that you think that that's a good solution, but that doesn't work for me. I think I'm going to go write about it. And she comes out and she's got her situation solved. So it's created this closeness um, through communication that I didn't expect. And really like creative solutions. I hear creativity in that. Like, okay, this Mm -hmm. is the problem. It must be solved. We cannot avoid it. Whereas like a bigger house, you can avoid things more and everyone can have their own screens and everyone can go in their own rooms and be all alone. But when you're together, it's like, here's the problem. Let's, we have to figure it out. So it forces creativity. I'll ask this one and then I've got maybe one more, but how did it affect your friendships? Um, it affects my friendships for one proximity. We live a little bit outside in the country and about 45 minutes away from town. Mm-hmm. So I am a like everyone let's get together. Let's have a party. So I couldn't do that anymore. Yeah. I couldn't really entertain in our home. Um, so, and then because we were 45 minutes away, I had to be real, real conscious about, Oh, I don't want to go to town today. I'm just going to stay home. So right. it's created a whole new layer of an identity for me to mm-hmm. be, um, to be at home more and to get to know people that I had a lot of preconceived ideas and judgments. I mean, we live, if I break it down and get real honest, we live in a trailer in a trailer park. It Mm. is a very nice trailer park. It's Mm -hmm. by a lake and it's beautiful, but that is what we live in. And I had a lot of preconceived judgments Mm. on people that lived in trailer parks. And now I live in a trailer park. Yeah. So, and I live, you know, 20 feet away from my neighbor. So I have to know who he is or she is. And I want to um, create a community. So it's actually opened the door to creating more community within the, within the RV, tiny living community, within social media, and actually within my proximity of the people around me. Mm -hmm. We just had a lady knock on our door and she had some extra food and she goes, I can't fit it in my fridge. Do you want some? And I'm like, yes, thank you. You know, um, so you have an instant connection because you're all living in an RV. And so you know what it's like to flood the RV and to get stuck and to pop a tire and to do all those epic things that you do because you don't know what you're doing. Um, So it creates this new form of community. But for me, my identity was wrapped up in what I did for people and how I entertained and Mm -hmm. how I opened my home. So because I couldn't do any of those things, my identity took a real hit. Mm. It took a real hit and it's still taking a real hit. Where do I find my value and my worth in just who I am, not what I do for someone and how I show up for someone? It's do I value myself and do my friends value me just for who I am? That's huge. Well, I love you. And Matt does too, and he has a Thank question you. for you. <laughs> well, and I was just going to say, it's 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 so like God to pinpoint the area that that your comfortable idolatry is kind of situated in, which for mm. you was this idea of the the pristine house with all the the entertaining and and being able to, you know, and and part of you, are, I mean, you're gifted in that. I remember you stage houses like for people to sell them and and everything. Mm. So you have gifting with the the whole look of things but but it became you know this this house piece became a part of okay this is where my meaning comes from and god really stripped that away 
And, and I can think of the times like in my own life where obedience, I'm like, oh yes, obedience was definitely what God was calling me to. It always came at a place where it was like the one thing that I'm like, God, please don't make me give up that. Yeah. Or please don't make me do this because I'm so uncomfortable. Yet having gone through those, it, it is those times that, that causes growth and closeness with, with him, mm. you know, through that, through those acts of obedience. But those listening might feel like, uh, like kicking and screaming, like hearing that and being like, okay, cute for you, Matt, but are you like still surrendering? You know, like, are you still living this tiny living act of obedience? Cause it sounds, it can sound cliche post struggle or, or, tr- you know, the, the wrestling, because it's like, yes, those are the places that God grew me, but to like, really like, no, it's the only way mm-hmm. is this obedience and then the suffering in yeah. it. And then there's, fruit that just inevitably grows yeah well and, and obviously it's it's an ongoing thing and i think you know if anyone has listened to our podcast long enough they've heard about our marriage and and i mean i look at my my own sin struggles and and just mm-hmm. the how i would turn to sex and sexuality for my own comfort yeah you know through pornography and and that was the place that like even within our marriage that God kind of was like, take it away. I'm going to take that away because there's still an idolatry happening here. Yeah. And yeah, it's still, it's still something that daily, you know, <laughs> that is, is something that I have to keep in the right mindset. Like it can very easily start to idolize that. Love it. And hate it. Like, I hate it for you, but I love your honesty, Matt. And thank you for opening that up. And Ashley, you too. Um, Mm -hmm. I just would love to throw one more at you, which if someone is praying about like that wrestling, Matt, that you just so beautifully named and you, Ashley, have been so beautifully articulating this whole time. But if they're thinking about like a step of obedience and praying about it, maybe it's, hey, RV life. What what advice would you give them if they're in that wrestling stage? I tend to get caught up in the, I want to know the end result. Like if I say yes to this, yeah. then what's it going to lead down? Yeah, what am God I was get? very clear in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. He was very clear in the beginning. Just take the next step. Yeah. So whatever that is. And for us, the very first step was praying. Yeah. And I mean, even if I back up from praying, I was going to God, like you need to confirm this in my husband. Right. And um, so it's just taking those next steps steps and knowing that some of the steps are messy. I mean, all of them are very messy. They'll all unhash everything. But if God showed us the end, we wouldn't be able to take it. No, He has to take us on that journey. So because He's so kind and because He's so gentle, He gives us only one step at a time so that we can work through um, what gets brought up and what things that we're holding on to that we may not realize. Mm. And so for me, the first step is to pray and then to find people that can pray with you. I mean, we kind of let several people in Mm -hmm. and um, oddly enough, no one said it was a crazy idea, which I think is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They're like, yeah, do it. It'll be great. (laughs) And people still ask all the time, oh, you guys are still doing that whole tiny living thing, right? I'm like, yeah. They're like, awesome. (laughs) That's great. And so people have been very encouraging. Um, And so it's finding you guys talk about finding those safe people to mm-hmm, talk to, mm-hmm. finding those people that are willing to hold your step of obedience and your risk like in their hands and, mm-hmm. and encourage you along because it will be painful, but nothing good comes from being comfortable. Yeah. And I would 100% all the messes, all the failures. We use a 
hashtag called hashtag fail gloriously. Fail gloriously. I would do it all again. I would do it all again because I have to trust that on the other end of every small step of obedience and every step towards God asking you to do something, that I will become a changed person on the other side of that step. Mm. And I have to hold on to that. Then I'm not doing this to get anything out of it. I'm not doing this to be on TV or to grow my Instagram following or anything like that. It's like, I am so focused on God. You are changing me and you are making me to be more like you. And that is my goal. And that is, I mean, I have to tell people that I have to write it down. I have to name what the goal is. And the goal is to be like Christ. The goal is to represent Jesus. So how can I do that? And so for me, I would just encourage people to just take the next step and then the next step and the next step. And you'll be scared and afraid. And God, you ask him to show up in your life and he 100% without a shadow of a doubt will show up for you. So good, Ashley. Thank you so much. And for those of you who are listening and like, all right, we didn't really necessarily talk directly about sexuality, which like I've mentioned a few times, we're not going to all the time on this podcast. And But you see why. I'm thinking by the end, you guys see why we had Ashley on here because <laughs> she talks so uh, gorgeously about identity and about surrender. And um, I actually mentioned this on a stage this week about finding those safe people. And, and one of the characteristics that I appreciate is uh, people for whom the gospel costs them something. Like, I want to hear the grittiness of your your flesh getting ripped off because I know it costs me something, Matt. You know it costs you something, Steve. You know it. And so I want to have people on here for whom the gospel is just shredding them and then building them back up into this beautiful gold. So, Ashley, thanks so much for being on here with us today. Thank you. It's just been such an honor. And I get to be on the famous Whole in My Heart Ministry podcast. It's so exciting. Uh, hey, yo, it's so great. Uh, well, thank you, Ashley. So appreciate it. The Famden OG and friend for life. Appreciate it. Um, also, for you listeners, our question of the week for next week, we're going to be off. We'll do another little turkey day, five minute thankful thing. Gobble, gobble. Gobble, gobble. Hopefully there'll be sound effects or something. Uh, but we won't answer this necessarily that next week, but the following week. But Black Friday, do y'all do it? Do you not do it? Are you just online now? You just fill up your bag and click send it to me and... You're done? We did that some years. It works. Okay, but you in or you not in? Black Friday, what do you do? And um, for those of you who listen, we so appreciate your reviews. And sometimes I think people feel a little like, hey, I, I don't usually do this. I'll get those emails. Or I don't know, is it okay to send this email to you guys or this encouraging word? Yes, we will take your encouraging words. So five-star reviews on iTunes are always great. But also just emails of how uh, you appreciate this podcast. And you don't have to say you appreciate it. But if you do, we'd love to hear it just because it really does build us up in doing this ministry that can honestly be very difficult sometimes. So thank Thanks so much. Also, we're going to be having some new swag on the website soon. Some bracelets. We're getting some rebranding and new journals. And I had somebody be like, come on, where's the shirts? So we're going to bring those back. Don't worry about it. Where's the Argyle sweater? (laughs) Where's the Argyle? Special for Christmas. We really should. 
All right, I'm working on the Argyle, Matt. Don't worry about it. Uh, And like I said, I'll be uh, sending you all the Ashley things or Instagram and that amazing reality show that they were a part of. Uh, So I will link that up on our podcast episode page at himhministries.com. And to email us, you can email me at podcast at himhministries.com. But thanks so much again, Ashley, for being on the show. And for all of us here at the Hole in My Heart podcast, we will see you next week. Um, Ashley, before you go, before we got started, we were talking about tattoos and I was trying to describe the Expecto Patronum tattoo to Steve that Adam has. Yes. Um, Yes. Can you, you could probably describe it more accurately than I can. Yes. Yes. Well, because I designed it. So (laughs) basically it is a like, you know, like the Bethel buck. Yes, you know, I know like the, the Bethel, Bethel music album. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, it's like the deer with the, you know, yeah, I, I know that she meant horns. Well, antlers, antlers. Yeah, yeah, Rare. that was that, that was <laughs> that noise. Um, <laughs> and then it has expecto patronum across of the buck, so the buck is centered, and then it writes it across, and then we basically um, outlined in white um, around the leathers because we did black on black. So it says expecto patronum and then expecto patronus. And then when the letters go over the buck, which is black and the letters are black, we outlined it in white okay. so that it would just okay. like pop. Pops. Yeah. So it's so fancy. So it's on his forearm, you know, along with some other tattoos. Isn't there a wand somewhere? No, but there's a tape deck, which kids are always like, oh my gosh, is that from Guardians of the Galaxy? That's He's awesome. like, no, I used to. Yep. Awesome mix tapes. volume one. Right. Yes, yes. And he put my name on it, which I felt like was a fail because I'm like, what if you get remarried when I die? You know, he'll never forget you. Nor Guardians of the Galaxy. He's like, will you put my name on you? I'm like, no, definitely not going to do that. Like if you kick it, bro. Wait, I'll just have to find another Ashley. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. I said you're do... you're stuck to Ashley no matter yeah. what. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah. it. Oh, man. <laughs>